The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 159. The new iPhone speeds things up, a new CEO at Palm, and record-breaking sales for Sprint. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. And first today, thanks to our sponsor, Netflix. Help support The Cell Phone Junkie by signing up for a two-week free trial at thecellphonejunkie.com. Plans starting at $4.99 per month with over 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want. No late fees ever. Free delivery in about one business day. You can cancel any time. And as a bonus to the DVDs, you can watch some of the movies over the internet at no extra charge. Thank you to Netflix for being a sponsor of the show. And this week, Joey and I recorded The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked, show number 23, and joining us was Matt Miller from ZDNet. He had been with us before and graciously joined us again to talk about the Palm Pre. So if you're interested and haven't had a chance to listen to it, uh, we had a great discussion about the Pre, and he had a, a pretty neat and unique story on how he got it. He was actually on a business trip and was in uh, Hawaii and went to one of the Sprint stores in Hawaii and uh, waited in line and talked to a few people there and uh, was able to get one that day. And so he's... Uh, had discussed with us how his impressions of it were for the first few days. And of course, uh, it was interesting to hear what he had had to say about it. So uh, very good show. So check that one out. You can access it over at thecellphonejunkie.com. And uh, also had a chance to review a product this week called the ZBoost YX230 from a company called YX. And this is an in-car cell phone signal booster. And it does just what it says. It's a four-piece unit. It's got an external antenna that goes on the top of your car, plugs into an amplifier or a bidirectional amplifier, uh, then plugs into a 12-volt lighter, cigarette lighter, power adapter that you've got in your car, and then finally the internal patch antenna that has a uh, 15-foot cable on it so you can position it uh, wherever you need to in the car. And uh, this is a, it just does what it says. It's a signal booster. And uh, I was I got very good success with it when putting it uh, in uh, the Honda Ridgeline that I have and uh, saw my, even in a very good signal strength area, my readings go up about 15 to 20 uh, decibels. And uh, so I has started around, you know, the upper 70s and uh, it dropped all the way to the upper 60s. So it was uh, it was actually pretty good or excuse me, the lower 60s. So it was actually a pretty, did a pretty good job of boosting the signal. And uh, this one is a, a very nice one in that you can use it with multiple devices. It works with phones on the 800 or 1900 megahertz spectrum. So that is everything with the exception of IDEN. Uh, of course, IDEN does, uh, the technology uses a little bit different of a, uh, of a way of using the spectrum. And so this doesn't help them, unfortunately. But everyone else, it will help. Uh, $300 on the YX website, or you can get it uh, on other online retailers for a little bit less. And it works as advertised and uh, pretty neat. So I've got a, another in, uh, I guess, in-building or in-home uh, signal-enhancing product of theirs that I'm going to be testing out. And uh, be doing that one over the probably the next month. I've got a, a little bit of travel coming up. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. And uh, once we get uh, get through that, then I'll be doing a review on this, and then we've got a giveaway from them. So uh, this is going to be a pretty neat one too. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll just uh, keep and keep tuned for that one. Uh, but a good product here, the ZBoost YX two thirty. If you're looking for an in car signal enhancing solution. Well, in the news this week, first off, a story from the Boy Genius Report about keeping your data connection alive on an S60 handset. 
Of course, handsets such as the iPhone, the Curve, the Storm, and uh, Nokia's S60 devices are increasingly becoming popular, and people are getting them with the unlimited data plans. Well, uh, one of the things that Nokia has done, based on the the design of the operating system and the design of their devices, is that they have have the the data connection settings set in a way that is beneficial for those that don't have an unlimited data connection. So if you think about it, it kind of makes sense, you know, that the majority of the S60 devices that are used are used in countries where unlimited data plans are not necessarily the norm like they are here in the US. So Boy Genius goes into a, a very quick tutorial about how you can set your connection to keep the data connection or the device to keep the data connection alive when you are uh, when you're out and about. It's uh, simply going into settings, connection, packet data, and then change the value from when needed to when available. And uh, then key in your access point, and now it will keep the data connection alive when you have your data-dependent applications open. So a nice uh, little feature there, and nice little tip for those that have S60 devices, keeping your data connection alive uh, on any of those devices running S60's OS. Well, Palm made an announcement this week that the CEO, Ed Colligan, for the past 16 years, is stepping down to take some time off. John Rubenstein, who's a formal Apple employee and mastermind of, of the pre, of course, will be taking his place. So kind of a sad day for those that have been followers of Palm. But, uh, you know, I, I hope John comes in and uh, can, can do some good things because I know Ed has really done a good job over the, the past uh, 16 years. Well, we've seen a lot of uh, you know pre you know good positive uh, pre information. So, uh, but hopefully this is hopefully this is the next level for uh, Palm. I'm very excited, um, you know that the the, re- the reviews have been positive for the pre and the the buzz has been good. And it's it's good to have competition out there for the likes of Apple and HTC and Android, uh, uh, Android Google, and well, you know one more competition to the mix is what we need to see. And it's a very interesting. Uh point that you make there and how it's great to have this competition. And uh, a a story over at GearDiary.com talks about how all the the next generation smartphones that are out there, including the iPhone, the Pre, and Android's G1 devices, how their their costs stack up against one another. If you look at um, what you get for the amount of money that you're spending, of course, you've got uh, different levels of storage capacity, uh, approximately the same amount of battery life between them. Uh, cameras that are now pretty much on par. But then with all of that, you've got service plans that drastically differ. So if you look at what the each of these carriers offers for an unlimited plan, just to keep the, the, the playing field level, uh, AT&T with the iPhone has got 100 bucks for voice, 30 bucks for data, and 20 bucks for messaging, adding up to $150 a month. Sprint offers all of that for only 100 and T-Mobile offers it for 135. So if you're looking at the total cost of ownership of an unlimited plan with unlimited messaging and data, the iPhone is about $3600 over 2 years. The Palm Pre is 2400 and the Android G1 is about 3240. And these are real numbers. So this is what you will be paying if you get that. So it is literally $1,200 over two years less to own a Palm Pre than it would be an iPhone 3G. So they definitely have that going for them. And I think, uh, it, you know, Palm did a good thing with, with lining up with Sprint on that because, boy, that is a huge discrepancy. Yeah, you cannot beat Sprint's unlimited everything plan right now for $99 uh, or $100. You just can't beat it. Uh, it that Unfortunately, it's, uh, uh, the other carriers haven't um, met, uh, you know, met that price because they really want that extra money, especially for the uh, the messaging is where it really kind of comes up, um, you know, the, the differences because, you know, the $20 a month. But obviously it's a lot more for, 
AT&T and, and T-Mobile, and I had no idea it was that uh, much different in price. <laughs> I really did crazy? $1,200, $3,600 over two years. I just, that's $1,800 a year. It just, it, it blows my mind to think about spending that much money on a, on, a, on a phone plan over that amount of time. It is. And of course, it's, it's not that easy to see. You know, you say, oh, it's 30, 40 bucks a month extra. Okay, that's kind of bad. But, you know, you don't often take that amount and multiply it out by 12 or by 24 and really see the true cost. And, and also plus tax. I mean, an extra, tw- uh, you know, tax on $1,200. <laughs> yeah. Um, and these taxes aren't cheap either. So you're going to be, you know, spending probably more like thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars $1,400 more. I mean, because you're going to be hundreds of dollars in taxes on that as well. So it's it's kind of scary. And, uh, you know, and, and I want to change the subject just real briefly. I was at Best Buy and saw the plastic dummy model of the pre and thought what a shame that is. But uh, they had the full retail retail price, eight forty nine is what they were charging for it there, without a contract, you know, out the door. I couldn't believe that price. That's uh, really seemingly ridiculous. But here's the thing: if you do lose your pre and you want to buy another one, you can get it and still be paying less than you would be paying for your first iPhone three G with that same plan. Ouch. So you, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, and of course, Verizon has uh, you know has their plans as well, and, and they're very much on par with what AT and T has. So you can expect to pay for an unlimited plan about thirty six hundred bucks for over two year contract as well. So just keep that in mind. Verizon Wireless finding a buyer for the remaining Altel assets. Atlantic Tele Network Incorporated has agreed to buy the final twenty six Altel markets from Verizon for two hundred million dollars. The markets cover 800,000 subscribers in Idaho, Illinois, Ohio, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. The deal is going to close later in the year pending regulatory approval. And with the agreement in place, Verizon now has buyers for all 105 of the markets required by the FCC to divest as a condition of the purchase of Altel Wireless. Atlantic Tele-Network runs a subsidiary called ComNet Wireless, which provides wireless voice and data roaming to and services for U.S. and international carriers. Well, Sprint this week announced a mobile broadband plan for business customers. Uh, they can now uh, get 500 megabyte plans for uh, $39.99 per month. Each additional megabyte is $0.05. Cents. Now, this plan for the business user may actually make a lot of sense, and I wanted to briefly talk about what this means. If you buy the unlimited broadband plans from any of the carriers right now, you're pretty much looking at a $60 per month rate to get a, an unlimited quote unlimited plan which is really just five gigabytes of data now a business user uh, may be looking to uh, you know get a plan that they can just use to VPN into uh, let's say their their corporate network and download email and uh, just you know do some some light web application type of stuff and 500 megabytes could certainly be enough uh, you know bandwidth for them to need for an entire year it doesn't seem like a lot or not an entire year for a month it doesn't seem like a lot but it definitely could work if all you're doing is email uh, that or uh, you know v, uh, remote desktop you know VPN or VNC style um, connections I mean those are a little more data intensive but it would still probably work for that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you have to kind of do the same thing. You're talking about 20 bucks a month. And uh, so you multiply that out by 12. And now we're talking about 240 bucks a year. And let's say you've got a whole bunch of users out there. This is really, you know, a, a pretty good thing. If, if you're, you're finding that the amount of data that's being pushed by each of these people or being used by each of these plans is not over 500 megs, you can easily get by with doing something like this. So a good thing for business customers from Sprint. 
Also this week on Sprint's network, they saw the biggest weekend that they've ever had. The Palm Pre went on sale uh, last Saturday, and it hit a new sales record for the company. They experienced their biggest and uh, biggest one day of sales in a single uh, for a single phone that they've ever launched in their entire history. They sold out of the device over the weekend at almost every single store location. Uh, the initial numbers uh, from J.P. Morgan were approximately 50,000 phones sold in the first two days. So uh, this is uh, pretty good. You know, there's there's speculation that they sold even more than that, but uh, that was the, the number that they first came out with. So if you're someone who picked up a pre the first weekend that it came out, uh, you're very, very lucky because it looks like there's not many out there right now. Uh, Wall Street Journal reporting that the, the range could go up as high as 100,000 people. So good news for Sprint and Palm with that one. Virgin Mobile changing their contract plans that they announced this week. Changes, uh, first off, the all-in plan for $175 a month, providing 4,000 shared anytime minutes plus unlimited data and messaging. Also offering a family a la carte plan for $50 per month, including 600 shared anytime minutes with unlimited mobile-to-mobile minutes. They also have added a 200 anytime minute plan uh, to the existing, or 200 anytime minutes to the existing $100 a la carte plan at no extra cost. New plans are now available, so check those out if you're over or want to be with or are with Virgin Mobile. And also announced this week a Broadcom, or excuse me, broadband to go data service from Virgin Mobile. The pay-as-you-go service requires no contract, no monthly subscription, and no activation fee. Plans starting at $10 for 100 megabytes over 10 days. 30-day options start at $20 and range up to $60, giving you 250 megs to 1 gigabyte of data. Service requires the Novatel MC760 uh, or the... the, the MC, or excuse me, the MC760 is an EVDO Rev A modem uh, will be available at Best Buy in the in late June. So that's the first one uh, that they're going to be announcing with that. So a pretty good deal for uh, for an unlimited plan or for a plan that gives you unlimited data uh, for sixty bucks a month with no contract. I say unlimited. It's this one's only a gig, uh, but you know I feel like that's what they're going to tout this one as. So uh, that you can get a pretty good deal if you're looking to go with Virgin Mobile. No contract, no sign up fees, anything like that. So keep them in mind. This next story here, I want to put a caveat in front of, and it, it's kind of funny. So that's why we're gonna we're mentioning this as a story, uh, but there there is some language in it. So keep this in mind if you're listening to this one. But uh, a report from The Consumerist uh, came out this week that a Sprint employee had changed a customer's name to pain in the ass. And I, 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 <laughs> I, I find this one pretty funny. I know, Joey, you do too. Uh, but when the, when the person was, had been talking to a Sprint customer service representative and uh, got done with the conversation, and uh, the next time he logged into his account, he, he noticed that now his account information, his name, had literally been changed to pain in the ass. And I know there's a lot of customer service people out there that have, have had those customers that are, are you know, a little rough to, to deal with and you know, feel like they are you know, either better than whatever. I, I've done the job myself, so I know exactly the type of people who we're talking about. And, and to feel this way about a particular customer is, is very natural. But to actually act on it and to change the name of the customer, Joey, I just thought this one was hilarious. It is funny. I mean, it's unfortunate for the customer. It's frustrating, and it's uh, you know frustrating for the customer service rep too. It it's funny. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just had to throw that one in there. 
Sprint this week also announced plans to divest some of the IDEN networks located in many of the Midwestern states. Sprint is required to divest some of the assets according to the court ruling in Illinois after being sued by affiliate IPCS. The regions affected include portions of Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, and Nebraska. Sprint is now accepting offers for the assets in question and plans to have them all divested no later than January 25th of next year. Sprint is not selling any portion, however, of the CDMA network. T-Mobile had a possible security breach get uh, reported last weekend, and uh, the report was that T-Mobile T-Mobile's uh, databases had been broken into and customer data and company information had been stolen. However, T-Mobile quickly released in, uh, a statement uh, to the media this week saying, To reaffirm the protection of our customers' information and the security of our systems is paramount at T-Mobile. Regarding a recent claim on a website, we've identified the document from which information was copied and believe possession is of this alone is not enough to cause harm to our customers. We continue to investigate the matter and have taken additional precautionary measures to further ensure our customers' information and our systems are protected. At this moment, we are unable to disclose additional information in order to protect the integrity of the investigation, but customers can be assured if there is any evidence that customer information has been compromised, we will inform those affected as quickly as possible. Finally, adding that following a recent online posting that someone allegedly accessed the servers, the company is conducting a thorough investigation and nothing has been found at this point. So, Joey, I, I guess good news that they did not have any real specific you know, security breaches, at least that they're reporting at this point. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, a little bit scary always. It is. If you are a T-Mobile customer, just be sure you uh, get your free credit report from each of the three agencies. Uh, every uh, you know year you can do each one. Um, so make sure you do that and just kind of, you know, watch your, your statements, your bank statements, credit card statements, make sure nobody's taking, you know, uh, accounts out in your name. Um, that's about the only thing you can do uh, to try to avoid, um, you know, problems because even, I mean, you should be doing that anyway, regardless, no matter what, because it's very easy for these things to happen for data breaches and smaller companies. Anytime you go to a restaurant, somebody could grab your card and scan it through a little pocket scanner they have in their hand. I mean, it's, you know, there's so many, you know, uh, card skimmers that you see on ATMs. The consumer shows a few times gas station pumps. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of, it's slightly dangerous out there, just slightly. So just <laughs> keep an eye out and, you know, at, at T-Mobile won't be able to actually probably, you know, have a complete investigation done for months. So, yeah. uh, you know, I wouldn't even trust anything that they'd say. So, you know, just, just be vigilant. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just be careful. Well, let's move on to some devices here. Joey, did you hear there was a new phone that was announced this week? There's no new phones ever. <laughs> Apple introducing the new version of the iPhone dubbed the iPhone 3G S. Of course, the S standing for speed. Major improvements of the iPhone 3GS include a 3 megapixel camera with autofocus, VGA video capture at 30 frames per second, 7.2 megabit per second HSDPA, touch to focus feature that allows the user to touch the area on the screen that they want the camera to focus on. Also, a built-in compass, improved battery life, faster performance, voice commands, and hardware encryption. It will go on sale this coming Friday, June 19th. The 32-gigabyte model, which we anticipated happening, will be $299. The 16-gig model will be $199. And Apple, in a very interesting move, kept the original iPhone 3G available, and that will be available for $100. That started immediately this week. So some, uh, you know, a lot of things that we saw, thought we saw were going to happen actually did. 
Yeah, and I wonder if the iPhone 3G for $99 is going to be a, a stock item. I have a feeling once maybe their stock is uh, depleted, they may drop that. I have a feeling it may only be a few months we'll see that out for. You know, it could be. One of the things that they said in this announcement was that the 16 gig models, if available anywhere, would only be available until they ran out. But they, they, they mentioned that in saying that they would have this $100 model. So I, I wonder how that's going to be. Maybe just a play to you know, continue on into the future, making the previous year's version available at that $100 price point. And maybe that's what they'll do. You know, if you can, you can possibly push this thing out. If you look into the future, if you look at 2010, let's just say they come out with a 64 gig model at that same $300 price point, 32 gig at 16. And then that 16 gig model in who knows if that's even what they're going to do, but it just, it kind of makes sense. If you think about that, that barrier to entry at a hundred bucks. I mean, anybody will buy a phone at a hundred bucks. It seems nowadays, you know, $200 is kind of like that sweet spot for the smartphones right now. But if you're really looking to get someone into a phone, it's got to be under a hundred bucks. And I think that's what Apple wanted and why they decided to do that. Well, so, and it's an, it, that's an amazing price. I mean, for that device, I mean, that is unbelievable price. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the market again, I mean, already when they, you know, slashed the price after the first iPhone came out and they slashed it, uh, well, initially it was really expensive and they dropped it and then they've dropped it again. You know, when the, the iPhone 3G came out, uh, it's going to be tough for the handset manufacturers to really get nice devices out there because they're going to say, well, we can sell them for 100 to 200 bucks. That's all we got. Yeah. I mean, whereas Mickey, you know, a few years ago, we were used to HTC devices costing you up well over 400. I spent 700 on that. Uh, I, I don't even remember the model number of it. It was like the Oh boy. It was an iMate. It was the K Jam, but it wasn't. It was the Q Tech 9100, something. It doesn't matter. $700. And that was yep. fi- in 2005. And that was, you know, top of the line. Now it's, you, you would pay 50 bucks for it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Either, either that or we're going the wrong way, Mickey, here. And, and, and the subsidy costs are driving this more. And I've, in, in basically all this is going to do is just keep driving up the rates for the monthly fees. Instead, we're going to pay more on the back end versus versus the front end, which, of course, is better for the carriers in the long run, because if you never change your plan, you know, you're, you'll keep, you know, raking in that money month after month after the, you know, the two years is up when they've, you know, uh, you know, basically made back the money they they spent for the device in the front end. So um, I don't know. I, I'm, I kind of don't like that. Just I slightly don't like that price just because of that. I guess, you know, uh, it, it's it's something I think that will be a good thing, at least for right now. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they won't continue to do this moving forward. But I think it's good to just get more iPhones into more people's hands. And it's nice that the 3.0 software is going to be really nice, you know, nicely compatible with just about every feature that's coming in. We're talking about a couple of these features that are not included. But uh, pretty much anyone buying that version or having a, the regular iPhone 3G is going to get almost every benefit from the 3.0 software. Yeah, it's it is pretty amazing. Yeah, don't get me wrong; it really is uh, an amazing price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the iPhone 3GS, like we said, S means speed. They've got uh, a couple more things that uh, weren't really released in the press release, or at least in the the WWC keynote where all this information was uh, first. Uh, talked about, but a couple other interesting things of note: the new processor on the iPhone 3GS is now 600 megahertz. That's up from the 412 megahertz of the first gen and 
iPhone 3G, and also up to 256 megabytes of RAM. This is going to be huge. For those that have been looking at, uh, have been using an iPhone 3G with many applications, know it's very easy to run out of memory and you can start to see applications crash and uh, certain weird, funky things happen with the phone. That has to do with the lack of RAM. Uh, Up from the 128 megs uh, to the 256 will definitely be a welcome improvement. And so I think a lot of the issues that were plagued by the iPhone not being able to run multiple applications uh, could be overcome with something like this. So we'll just have to see how that one all plays out, but good news for the iPhone 3GS. Uh, The iPhone OS 3.0 will officially be available this coming Wednesday, June 17th. It will be available for free to all iPhones. Of course, certain features from are on the first-generation iPhone will not be available, but the iPhone 3G will be able to take advantage with just about every one of them, uh, and also iPod Touches will be able to take advantage of this as well for a small fee. Well, uh, let's see. What else here? The real cost of the iPhone 3GS uh, looks like it may be about $218 more than you think. This has to do with uh, the fact that if you're a person that had bought a regular iPhone 3G last year and you want to upgrade it this year, you're going to end up spending uh, the amount of money that it would cost to buy this phone out of contract, or excuse me, in contract. You don't, you do not get the new contract pricing. So you're going to be uh, paying an additional $200 for those phones. That's $399 for the 16 gig and $499 for the 32 gig. Now that's only if you sign up for basically a renewal of your contract. If you want to get this phone at a no commitment price, it's $599 for the 16 gig and $699 for the 32 gig. So even more, not to mention the $18 upgrade fee that you're going to have to pay to get the phone activated. That's pretty much something that they do whenever you activate a new device. They have that activation fee of $18. So a lot of uh, AT&T subscribers are upset about this. Obviously, when you bought the first generation iPhone in June of 2007, you figured you'd be able to, uh, and then when we got the next one in uh, July of 2008, you figured you'd have another one come out this year and you'd be able to get that one for the same price. Well, that was a subsidized price, you have to realize, and uh, you're not going to be able to do so without paying an additional $200 that they are planning on uh, getting back from you over the cost the, the duration of your contract. So a very interesting uh, you know piece of information that a lot of people aren't really thinking about that you're going to have to either pay to upgrade and uh, spend that extra 200 bucks or you're going to have to be a new pers- new contract person or you're going to have to be in that non-commitment uh, pricing point. So uh, this is a an interesting point when someone called up AT&T this week and asked them about this there actually was uh, a recommendation that they cancel the service and sign up with a new contract uh, in that they would have them uh, basically spending less money. Uh, not every early termination fee, depending on what state you're in, is $200. So if you terminate your contract for $150 or $175, you're going to be paying less than the amount that you would pay to upgrade it. So very interesting one. Also, AT&T this week confirming that it will support MMS and tethering services on the iPhone 3GS, but that will be later this summer. An AT&T spokesperson said they need to complete some system upgrades that will ensure customers have the best experience with MMS. The upgrades are unrelated to the 3G network. They do plan to offer a tethering plan, but uh, don't have an announcement to make at this time. Data plan rates will remain the same. $30 per month for unlimited data for newer qualifying customers. The iPhone 3GS will be obviously $200 or $300 depending on the model. And we already talked about those uh, out of contract and no commitment pricing. 
well, what does it mean? Why is this going to take uh, so long before we can get these updates out to uh, for the MMS? Well, there's an interesting uh, you know article that's rolling around out there talking about uh, how what is what has happened is the profile that's pushed out to the iPhones that are on the uh, on the AT&T network right now uh, for the 3G microcell support. That was what you see when when you plug in an iPhone to a computer and iTunes says there's a carrier update to be done. That's what that is. It's updating so that at some point when they come out with this 3G microcell, they'll be able to uh, take advantage of that. That is a, uh, a an AT&T 4.0 carrier update. There's actually a 5.0 profile that's floating around there that actually has the service of MMS turned on. So I guess all you need to do is go and find it and install it and you'll be able to get MMS messaging right away. So that's kind of a, an interesting little tip if you're willing to try and do that. TomTom Tom for the iPhone also announced at WWDC. Uh, it will be available including... Uh, an application uh, from the Apple iTunes store, and there will also be a TomTom car kit for securing the iPhone to the docking station, giving you enhanced GPS performance, clear voice instructions, and hands-free calling, of course, charging your phone at the same time. So kind of a neat thing there if you're looking for a GPS solution and want to use your phone to do so. Uh, A couple other things just to mention here. If you did get an opportunity to pre-order your phone, Apple was accepting pre-orders this week of the iPhone 3GS. You could choose to have it either shipped directly to your home on June 19th, or you could get it uh, sent to an AT&T or Apple store for pickup at any of those stores. Uh, And uh, it looks like AT&T is going to be offering uh, a 7 o'clock option for those that have ordered their phones. You can show up at 7 a.m. on this Friday and pick up your iPhone. Also, uh, Apple stores will be opening at 8 o'clock versus the usual 10 a.m. opening. So if you're uh, going to pick it up at an Apple store, you can do so at 8 a.m. And then we heard this weekend that the people that had not ordered their iPhones may be out of luck. It looks like uh, the number of people who had pre-ordered their phone was very, very great, and so they're not going to be allowing any more pre-orders for scheduling of the shipments or pickups through the the duration of this week. So very, very good, I guess, for those uh, that were or for Apple and that they ordered had so many pre-ordered. Um, also here, the iPhone 3GS, that S stands for more than speed. There's a few things that uh, you can get on this new phone that you can't get on your previous iPhone 3G. Number one, voice control. You can simply down, hold down the home button and give your phone voice commands to dial a number, uh, find a contact, or even control the iPod. Also, accessibility. Certain features are now on the 3GS for those with disabilities. Uh, you can have the phone read text from a web page or an ebook out loud. Also, this could be uh, nice if you're someone who is using your phone while trying to do something else. I'm not going to say driving, but that's kind of what came to my mind. Incoming text messages or whatnot could uh, be read to you. Video editing and recording only available on the 3GS. Camera application allows you to record, edit, and share video directly from the phone. MMS, you can do that on the the 3GS and, of course, the 3G as well, but you first-gen iPhone users will not be able to take advantage of MMS. Tethering, you can uh, possibly tether your device. Like we were saying, uh, if you get the support for tethering from AT&T or your carrier, if you're not in the U.S., you can you can tether. That will not be available on the first-gen model. Uh, find my iPhone. That will happen on all iPhone models. However, 
it will require a mobile me subscription. Cut, cut, copy, and paste will be available on all iPhones, voice notes on all iPhones, and a dot connector API on all iPhones as well. So uh, some interesting things there. Uh, if you're also looking for other th- reasons that you need to upgrade, we talked about a faster CPU, more RAM, that digital compass, better camera, uh, and also the possibility of A2DP if you've got the 3G version as well. So uh, a, a few different things there. Then Apple came out, and well, we saw in some videos the di- a differentiation that uh, shows a battery icon in the upper right corner where you see it now with a percentage next to it. And this goes back into the usage settings of only the iPhone 3GS where you can allow a percentage to be shown next to the battery. Now, what sense this makes, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not really understanding why they would differentiate that uh, from any other iPhone that's out there. It seems very, very strange, but as you can see, Apple kind of moving forward in this differentiation of this particular model. So uh, keep that one in mind as well. Uh, iPhone users, an interesting uh, uh, survey here from the Nielsen company talking about uh, how uh, young or old an iPhone user is. Uh, out of the 6.4 million active iPhone users in the U.S., the majority of them, uh, 53%, are over 35 years of age. There's even more users over the age of 55, approximately 17%, than the 18 to 24-year-old range, which is only about 13%. iPhone owners are more affluent than the typical uh, AT&T user. 40% of household incomes over 100,000, in contrast to just 19% overall. And uh, of course, these phones are more expensive, so that does make a lot of sense. Also, if you've bought a new iPhone within the last month and you are not happy with it, uh, because you are realizing that you may have spent over $100 more than you needed to, uh, check with your AT&T store or your Apple store because you may be able to get a credit. According to the consumerist, someone who had just purchased this iPhone 3G went back to the store and they credited his account $100. Uh, this was for the price difference between the version that he bought and the version that you can purchase now. So uh, good news there for those that may have just purchased it. If you're looking to sell your iPhone, you can still do so. I actually was able to find a buyer for mine, a listener of the show, uh, bought mine this week. This was after a very bad eBay experience, which I won't get into too much detail on, but essentially had a Nigerian scam artist try and buy my phone from me and then pretend to send money and did not. Uh, I did find someone, uh, one of you out there, and uh, had purchased my phone. And so check that around if you are interested in selling your phone. Maybe you know someone who's interested in buying it. These are still extremely capable, very, very good devices uh, that are just a few months old in many cases. And uh, someone like myself who's looking to upgrade uh, would be happy to get it off of, uh, get, like, like me, get it off my hands and get it into your hands. iPhone 3.0 reallowing the downloading of applications. Apparently, uh, the first uh, comment on this that we talked about a couple weeks back that you were not able to re-download programs over the air is uh, was just a bug, and it has been fixed, so you're now able to buy programs over or re-download programs that you have previously purchased over the air. Joey, is that enough iPhone stuff for one week? Oh, we could cram some more in, I think. <laughs> that was like 15 minutes of iPhone stuff. So for those of you who are not interested in it, I apologize. But some big news this week with the announcement and just had a bunch of stuff to fly through there. So I mean, you'd think a new iPhone would have come out this week and not a Palm Pre. I know, I know. We're, uh, you know, I find that uh, for the most part, the, 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 the places that report on the news are just so, when I guess we're one of them, there's just so much... Uh, out there about it that it finds i find that it that's just kind of how it is there's 
just so much news. And uh, so we, we try and cover it. Well, let's talk about Palm here for a minute. The Palm EOS, or Pixie, has been confirmed via a WebOS ROM leak. A uh, ROM leak uh, that from PreCentral found shows that there are references to two different devices. Uh, the Castle, which they're saying is likely the codename for the Pre, and the Pixie, which could be uh, known as the AT&T-bound EOS. Of course, the EOS is the front-facing QWERTY keyboard uh, WebOS uh, designed device from Palm that uh, could be right around the corner here. So I like this one, Joey. I, l- I really like how it looks. Yeah, and also, uh, Mickey, you know, kind of on this subject where they found that uh, information is the, 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 I guess the hacking community has already basically kind of broken into the Palm Pre and allowed uh, to run their own apps on it already. So look forward to the what the equivalent would be a jailbroken Pre here uh, in the near future where you can basically run user apps and put your own firmware on it. Um, so that's uh, kind of a positive note as well for the uh, development community of the Pre. I read something this week where they talked about the uh, on the scale of, um, I think the word was hackability. And if you looked at something like, you know, an open Moco device being like a one in that it's real easy to hack because that's kind of the whole open source thing. It's 100% open. 100%, yeah, exactly. And the iPhone being a 10 in that it it took them months to get a a way to jailbreak it. Uh, The Palm uh, WebOS is really looking like it's right in the middle, right about a 5. So it doesn't appear to be nearly as difficult as as the iPhone. So that's good news for those that are looking to run their own applications or do things on their devices that uh, that they may not be able to do currently. So I thought that was real good news. Um, being able to get in to the root OS or, or the not the root OS, but the yeah the root software is I think very very good uh, for you know just general uh, you know general device uh, interest because people can then take a look and get in and do a lot of different things with it. So uh, good news there. Uh, the Samsung Louvre or Louvre uh, may be known as the Omnia Pro or the Omnia 2 or some sort of iteration of that. Two days from now, or I shouldn't say two days from now, it's just a day from now, uh, we should be finding out more here. Samsung is holding a uh, an event uh, that uh, should be giving some information about what new device they're going to come out with. Uh, but it looks like whatever this device is, is a Windows mobile device running 6.1 upgradable to 6.5 with a 3.5-inch AMO LED screen with a WVGA resolution and 800 megahertz processor, 5.1 megapixel camera, sliding QWERTY keyboard, uh, TV out, 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, micro USB, GPS, Wi-Fi, HSDPA, and UPA support, Bluetooth, of course, FM radio, uh, one gigabyte of internal memory, expandable via micro SD uh, to 32 gigs, and a 1500 milliamp hour battery. So it could be a very, very strong, powerful Windows mobile device that we should know more about very soon. HTC's Touch Pro on the Verizon network got a firmware upgrade and also an unlocked GPS. Uh, Phone News reporting that Verizon Wireless has approved a firmware update for the 6850, aka Touch Pro. It will unlock the GPS to allow owners to use Google Maps or Windows Live, as well as other uh, uh, software services that take advantage of the GPS with it. The firmware also adds visual voicemail support, requiring the $3 monthly fee from Verizon. Uh, Also, the update uh, is not available yet, uh, but should be offered very, very soon. So keep an eye on that if you've got an HTC Touch Pro. 
U.S. Cellular specking out the Samsung Code U.S. Cellular, uh, finding the this device very similar uh, to the the Samsung Jack, do uh, their own kind of iteration of it. Full QWERTY keyboard jog wheel with four-way navigation, Windows Mobile 6.1 Standard Edition, two-megapixel camera, uh, MMS Bluetooth Office Mobile uh, runs on the CDMA Networks EVDO Rev Zero only. Uh, flash RAM of 128 megs. Removable memory of a micro SD card, 32 gigs, six hours of talk time, 12 days of standby time, 1480 milliamp hour battery, and it's got a 320 by 240 pixel size screen weighing in at 3.6 ounces. Nice little device on US Cellular. Sprint's uh, confirmed that they will begin selling the HTC Snap on June 21st. The Snap, of course, announced that April at CTIA with a 2-megapixel camera, uh, video capture Bluetooth, GPS support for micro SD. It uh, runs Windows 6.1, will cost $150 after rebate with a new two-year agreement, and can be purchased from Best Buy currently for the unsubsidized price of $519. So a nice subsidy on that one if you're looking to pick one up down to $150 on Sprint. Well, on the Verizon side, uh, BlackBerry's tour is confirmed. The CEO of Verizon has confirmed that the BlackBerry tour is coming soon. Uh, this was from CEO Lowell McAdam saying, quote, you will see devices like the Palm Pre and the Cousin on our network from Palm. You'll also see a second generation Storm and a new device we call the Tour. That is an upscale of any other QWERTY-based device that we have had from BlackBerry to date. You'll see Motorola back into our portfolio as well, and we feel very good about the progress that Motorola has made, and yes, you're going to see Android devices as well. So some good information there about what's coming up for Verizon Wireless, including the BlackBerry Tour. Also, uh, Verizon uh, had uh, one other thing here that uh, if you go over to vzw.com slash tour, it sends you over to estore.vzshop.com slash bbtour, which is now uh, a dead link, but uh, nonetheless, it redirects you. So another, yet another piece of information that this should be coming soon. Well, Nokia announced the N97 multimedia phone. Uh, it is now available in the U.S. flagship stores in New York and Chicago, as well as via Nokia's website and various independent retailers. The N97 has a 5-megapixel camera, touchscreen, full slide-out for, uh, QWERTY keyboard, and will retail for $700. Nokia also announced their premier camera phone, the N86, is now available around the world. It features an 8-megapixel camera with a mechanical shutter, variable aperture, and motion blur reduction. The N86 can capture and process photos faster than any of the Nokia previous phones. The N86 has 8 gigs of built-in memory and accepts microSD cards up to 16 gigs. It will retail for $530. An unannounced version of the Nokia E72 has shown up on a Nokia Conversations website. The E72 appears to be the successor to the E71, the very popular messaging-based device with full QWERTY keyboard. Video does not list any specs, but is clearly visible. The video also shows a 3.5mm headset jack, user-facing camera, and 5-megapixel camera with flash. Nokia has, of course, not yet announced this device, but those that are fans of the E71 will certainly like the E72. OtterBox launched two new cases this week. We are big fans of the OtterBox cases here at the Cell Phone Junkie. And if you're looking to find a, a new case for your BlackBerry Curve or your Samsung Omnia, they've released Defender Series cases for both of these. They offer uh, triple protection, which is the same as that you'll find with any of their other devices, and you can find them over at otterbox.com. Verizon launched the Casio X Exilim? 
Exilum phone this week. It's a high-end camera phone that uses Casio's brand for standalone cameras, combining a three-times optical zoom lens with a 5-megapixel sensor. It has autofocus and a flash. Water-resistant, meets military specs for water immersion, humidity, salt, fog, shock, vibration, dust, sun, altitude, and temperature. Other features include EVDO Rev-A data, memory card slot, 180-degree rotating display, stereo Bluetooth, HTML web browsing, and it will be available for $280 after a $50 online rebate with a two-year contract. Cricket announced the selling of the Motorola QA4 Evoke phone this week. The Evoke is a full touchscreen, uh, regular numeric keypad, 2-megapixel, HTML browser, stereo Bluetooth, and social networking application full device. $300 and should be available very, very soon from Cricket. Now, Joey, back at CTIA, we saw this device, and we actually had a little bit of time to play with it. And I think at the time, I made a bad assumption that because it was showing up on an EVDO network that it was would be coming to the Verizon network. Uh, but that looks like it's uh, Cricket's the first one to pick it up, so good for them. That's amazing. I mean, uh, traditionally, Cricket's had some pretty, uh, you know, mediocre phones like a lot of the pay-as-you-go uh, services, haven't they? I mean, I haven't looked at their latest phone lineup in a long time, but uh, from what we saw of this device, Mickey, I, I thought that was a really neat phone. Yeah, it's got its own proprietary operating system on it, but it's got kind of those widgets that allow you to do things like YouTube and, uh, you know, social networking like MySpace, Picasa. HTML browser was nice, you know, nice integration yeah, it, with email. Yeah, nice and powerful, it seemed. And it was fast as well and just looked fairly handy. I mean, it was pretty gadgety, but it was very neat. I, I did like that phone. Yeah, it's got a, a number of bands in it, which is kind of interesting. They have support on CDMA for 800, 1900, 1700, and 2100. 1700, of course, being the AWS spectrum that's being used for the 3G of uh, yeah. of Cricket. So. Uh, and then they're huh. also saying it's 1,900 and 2,100 megs, uh, megahertz for EVDO Rev-A. So I'm not exactly sure what that's all about. It may just be the specs built into this device, but uh, that 1,700 is what I uh, what I thought was being used by Cricket for their, their 3G network. At least that's what I remember. I, I don't remember at all, Mickey. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so good news for Cricket users. Uh, check this one out. Uh, it's a very, very uh, nice device if you're looking to upgrade on your Cricket line. Well, the LG Triton is now on Altel. So if you're looking for a uh, QWERTY uh, sliding-style keyboard device with a 3-megapixel camera. Uh, It's got an advanced user interface. It's uh, not an operating system. Uh, That is uh, one of the popular smartphone ones. But full web browser, 3-inch touch screen with GPS for only $80. So a nice cheap price for the LG Triton. Samsung announcing the E1107 Crest Solar Phone. Samsung says this solar-powered phone will be able to charge via the sun, providing 5 to 10 minutes of talk time for every hour that it charges. The entire back of the phone is covered with a solar panel, necessary, of course, to collect the sun's rays. The dual-band 800 and 1900 megahertz GSM and edge device with an FM radio, MP3 player, and GPS. A torch light and mobile tracker application is also built in. The Crest Solar will be on sale in select markets later in the month, but pricing was not yet disclosed. Very unique, very revolutionary there on how you can power up your device. Yeah, it'd be kind of nice to be able to just flip your phone over and just have it, you know, charge up if you're in a sunny uh, area. It's kind of neat. It's 
something, you know, obviously it's not going to be a real power hungry device as far as the features, but it's not too bad considering um, what that thing has. And Mickey, by the way, yes, Cricket does have, uh, they just want a bunch of AWS Spectrum 1700 okay. for to expand their EVDO as well. And that's that's kind of what I thought. So, but yeah, the the uh, the idea of ten minutes for every hour that you charge is uh, is is a little weak. But if you're someone who doesn't use it all that much, if you can you know get by with being able to, you know, I was even thinking this would be something you know with a prepaid card, if it's like a backup or something like that, where you can just you know have it half charged and or even not charged at all, and you know be able to just stick it underneath the sun and it'll charge it up for you for. You know, emergency situations or whatnot, or when you're out and about. I mean, just just a, a great feature to have, even if it is you know first generation technology. Yeah, it, it, yeah, with you know that size of a phone and that size of a solar panel, you just can't expect a, a, a lot of charge from because the the photovoltaics just aren't that efficient yet. Exactly, that's exactly right. Well, a couple of deals that I wanted to mention. I follow a number of different websites that talk about deals, whether it's computer components or memory or webs, you know, devices such as cell phones. And I found a couple this week that were actually pretty good, and I wanted to pass them along. First off, if you're looking for an unlocked Centro, Deal, uh, D-Loco, Deal Loco, I don't know how to pronounce that. D-E-A-L-O-C-O has a unlocked Palm Centro in white, uh, GSM unlocked, 1.3 megapixel camera, 150 bucks. Very, very good price if you're looking to get a Centro. Uh, this would probably be the time to do it as they're going to, I'm sure, going to you know not be around for too much longer with the new WebOS devices that are out there. So make sure you get one here in the next, well, I'd say probably six months is when you'd be looking to get one. Uh, 150 bucks, though, pretty good deal. And if you're looking for a cheap Bluetooth headset, uh, the Plantronics Voyager 510, which I purchased back in, I think it was 2006, uh, which has been one of my favorite as far as noise-canceling headphones. Very comfortable design. Ugly as it can be, uh, this is <laughs> this is one of the devices or headsets that's got one of the boom mics on it. And very, very large, but it works very well. $36.49 with free shipping. So check that one out. Very, 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 very nice deals on both of these. Yeah, and speaking of deals on uh, Bluetooth headsets, I saw Plantronics... Uh the 855, the A2DP um, headset, similar to my 815, I was going on buy.com at a couple weeks ago for only like $39. Um, and, I, wow. and that's kind of what the going price is for that particular headset now too. So if anybody's looking for a stereo one, uh, check that one out. I, I don't know if it's that exact price still, but I think uh, I saw about uh, about those prices on eBay. So I'm sure they're still out there. Yeah, good, good deals though. Make sure you're looking around if you're buying new cell phone hardware. Well, into some software here. First off, Opera Mobile uh, 9.7 for Windows Mobile 6.1 based smartphones was announced. The new version of Opera Mobile uses Opera's turbo compression to further shrink the size of mobile websites and render them faster on mobile devices. Makes use of the latest version of Opera's rendering engine called Presto 2.2. The latest version offers faster rendering, better compression, and the Opera Widgets Manager. The software is free uh, to download. Uh, Palm users can now upgrade their pre-firmware. Firmware version 1.0.2, less than a week after the phone was released, is now available for the pre. The update may happen automatically, but those interested in not waiting for their device to update automatically can manually download the software and install it. The update adds an alarm clock, increases the speed of return to capture mode when taking successive photos with the camera, and adds some improvements to the email and calendar applications. Well, Skype is saying that they're not creating a Palm Pre application for now. Skype had launched, of course, the mobile application 
for uh, the iPhone back at the end of March, and we'll be launching one for the BlackBerry here very soon. And they said, quote, we're focused on delivering the best Skype experience for the mobile customers that we can across any cell phone or mobile operating system. If someone has a phone, we want them to be able to use Skype on it. That's our vision, and we've already delivered new mobile applications for Windows, Java, Android, and the iPhone in the first half of this year. All things are evolving quickly, and we will keep our eye on the Palm Pre- and WebOS platform, which seems to be getting good traction in the first weekend, but there's nothing to announce at this time. So in other words, there's not enough people that have pre's yet, so they don't care. Yes. <laughs> As in there's 50, you know, probably no more than 100,000 out there right now. So it'll be interesting to see what that number has to hit before they decide to take some you know, time to develop for it. It's interesting because you figure the majority of the people who have it right now are the early adopters who would really love to have Skype on it to be able to use. But, you know, Whatever, they're going to do their make their own decisions with that one. So we'll keep an eye on Skype for a pre-version coming soon. Google improves mobile Gmail for iPhone and Android. The first improvement is a faster auto-completion when typing in names and addresses. Second, the new keyboard shortcuts for Android-powered devices with a physical keyboard. So look for those improvements from Google. Did you use the mobile version of, of Gmail on your iPhone, Mickey, or did you just use the built-in? Uh, the mail client, I, you know, I use mm-hmm. both actually. I use the mail client for quick triage of emails. It was, it was, it was probably one of the fastest ways that I could, you know, flip through emails and either archive them or delete them. And then it just flipping through was was quicker. I actually found it even quicker to go through than than on the desktop. It was fantastic. Uh, I, however, liked the the ability to be able to search for mail and do other things. And so I, I yes, I would use the mobile Gmail. Uh, you know, web client, or I guess, what do they call it? The, the, web, uh, the web app, whatever they want to call it. Basically, go to google.com slash mail, and you can get this. So uh, I used both. It was, it was, they kind of worked in tandem with each other. So um, I was hoping that uh, you'd be able to do more with the built-in mail application, but whatever. It, this worked just fine, too. Well, Verizon's Touch Pro ROM update gets a bug fix. Apparently, there were some issues uh, when people were trying to update their Touch Pro's ROMs, and uh, so they added an up- update to this. And uh, it, of course, we talked about it earlier, adding visual voicemail and standalone GPS. Uh, but just make sure that you've got the latest version uh, that that has been updated. Missing sync for the Palm Pre has arrived. If you're a Mac user and you want to be able to synchronize your calendar and contacts uh, from the Pre over to iCal and Address Book or Microsoft Entourage, you can do so with the Missing Sync. They've got a, an application that's out now, and uh, you can check it out for $40 over at Markspace.com. It, the Touch HD got a hot fix this week for its audio problems. If you're using the Touch HD, uh, the uh, fix applies to ROM version 1.59 or lower. Uh, if you uh, need to, when you apply it, uh, if you do hard reset your phone, you'll have to reapply it again. So just keep that in mind. Uh, but it, there's never, uh, of course, a, an official version of this for those here in the U.S. So you're going to have to make sure you seek it out because, of course, the Touch HD is not a U.S. supported phone at this point. Hot fix for the Touch Diamond 2 is also out. Uh, this is for those that uh, were having an option where starting recording was not working. The hot fix uh, changes that. Uh, option so it makes it work for you here so go and get that one if you've got a touch diamond 2 blackberry's newest uh software will possibly include a new blackberry messenger according to uh, a report here from the boy genius the new blackberry messenger will add a number of things including avatar support gps location integration a proximity sensor uh, setting conversation subjects 
and also home screen support. So if you're lucky to uh, have uh, the ability to check this one out, this is pretty neat. So check this out uh, if you're a BlackBerry Messenger user. Uh, next here, the Google Voice service has been something that for those that have it, have really, uh, really enjoyed being able to use the, uh, the service from the transition over from Grand Central. Of course, you have to have a number. You can't go and get one right now. Uh, but regardless, uh, the ability to possibly port your number is under investigation by Google. Obviously, the biggest downfall of the service at this point is that you have to sign up for a new number, and uh, you, the number that you've had for many years may go away, or at least not be the primary number that you're using anymore. So the ability to possibly port over is being discussed by Google. I think this Joey would be a great option for those that are trying to use it. But my, my concern is that uh, if you do port your number over, how are you going to continue using that phone? So my example is I've had my cell phone number for years. So if you, if we port these numbers, numbers over to Google voice, what happens to our respective cell phone lines? I mean, obviously we could try to have another number assigned, but you know how well that's going to work. As soon as the port goes through, the, the service is canceled. You got to pay the early termination fee, even if you wanted to stay with them. So I don't know what yeah, the answer is. Yeah, I, I don't know how to make, I, I'm not sure how you'd make that uh, an easy transition. I really just don't know. Yeah. Because if you try to change your number ahead of time, then that number's gone Yep. also. So it's a catch-22. So you're on the phone at the same time with Google, as you are with your carrier, and you're saying, okay, you're going to see this happen right now. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> no, because there's always, I mean, it, it a lot of times happens right away, but but there are and can be delays up to many hours. So I, I don't, I'm not sure if they've upgraded their systems yet to handle requests like that where, you know, if a pending port goes through, then reassign a number. I mean, I, I mean it would be so simple to have that in their systems, to have that capability, where, you know, you call them up ahead of time, you say, okay, I want to, to port, I'm going to be porting my number out, but I want to maintain service. I mean, the computer could just have a little flag in there that, you know, once once the, the port request comes, yeah, grant the port, but reassign a phone number at that moment. It's, it would be it would be so trivial to do, but I don't think we have that support yet, Mickey. Yeah. I think uh, th- there's going to have to be something like that first before anything can really happen because it's going to be a mess for those that are trying to do it. Um, you know, because you probably have that number with a service that you want to keep, otherwise you wouldn't be with them. Um, and so you're just going have to have to wait to see if that works. But the idea of being able to do it is certainly nice. So uh, again, we'll keep an eye on that because I am a Google Voice user and uh, a happy Google Voice user at that. Some questions and comments this week. First is a comment from Dave. Dave's got a little story for us. He says, I thought you might find this interesting about Virgin Mobile USA's terms of service. I had a Virgin Mobile phone for one of my son, for my son for about two years. One day I noticed that I could not contact my son via the phone, so I added money to the son's account, about 50 bucks. Mind you, I was paying $0.18 cents a minute, the default per minute charge, and had a $9 per month text plan. I noticed that I was also being billed $0.15 cents per text when I should not have been billed per message. Due to the missed billing and balance on the prepaid phone, it fell to about $0.11. Cents. The per minute charge was $0.18, cents and my son could not make a call from the phone. Uh, Virgin dis- uh, disputed them. Virgin's customer care said there's nothing that they could do. I got fed up and went to an AT&T store, found a suitable phone and plan for my son. I had AT&T port over the Virgin mobile number. AT&T said they needed an account code for the number. I called Virgin and told them I needed to port my number, and they gave me the account code. 
AT&T used it to successfully port the number. I called Virgin back and asked for the balance of the account to be credited back to my credit card. They said because I canceled my account, they have no access to the dollar amount since the account was closed and they could not give me back my money. I sent a letter to the FCC to see if Virgin Mobile uh, can do this. After a few letters, the FCC said, yes, they can per their terms of service. Virgin did say that if I open another Virgin Mobile account, I could set up the, I could use the the account balance that I have, but only if I reopen that account. Well, I think I have a leg to stand on to fight Virgin Mobile and get the money back. I'm drawing the line, so to speak, and giving up. Here are my tips for porting over a Virgin Mobile cell phone number and reducing the money lost in the process. Number one, use up your Virgin Mobile phone account balance before the balance reaches $5 or less. Go to a new cell phone provider, find a phone and plan, ask the carrier to port over the number, and uh, take care of that. If the porting is possible, call Virgin Mobile and state you need your account code uh, from for your Virgin phone. Give that account code to the new carrier. Once the port is complete, your Virgin account will be closed and you will no longer have access to refund per the FCC and Virgin Mobile USA. I hope this helps from Dave. Well, Dave, thank you very much for that. That That's kind of a, a bummer of a situation to lose, you know, somewhat around $50, it sounds like, that you've upped or put back on this phone for what sounds to be errors that were done by Virgin Mobile. So I know, Joey, you've had experience in the past with Virgin. Anything ever like this, or how, how did you go about it when you moved numbers away from them? No, it always was positive. Um, obviously, that, that was a couple of years ago now, so things can change in customer service departments, and, and of course, there's, you know, there's always glitches in billing, it seems. Uh, yeah, that is unfortunate. But yes, that always has been uh, the policy since number porting has um, come around, Mickey, where if you do port your number out, uh, the balance you have remaining is basically a gone. So you have to use that up ahead of time. And that is what was done, um, uh, for the Virgin mobile accounts here. Uh, they, they were basically brought down to around five, six bucks, 10 bucks, somewhere that level where, you know, you, you, it's okay to lose that amount of money when the account closes. Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a good piece of information to have. I guess I hadn't really ever thought about that. So thanks to Dave for bringing that one up so we could share it on the show. Next one here, question from Garrett. It says, hey, Mickey and Joey, for, a t- for two years I've heard or endured stories about AT&T's terrible reception and service. Well, I would like to gush a bit about how wonderfully they handled my situation. I purchased the BlackBerry Bold the week it came out, and for the time it was good. However, since November I've had four Blackberries and have had all of them fail. Three were screen defects, i.e. torn LCDs leading to white streaks across the screen, making them unreadable, and uh, which I, which was overheating, one which was overheating constantly to the point at which it was too hot to touch. I explained this to my AT&T agent, and with no hassle and only a five-minute hold time, they told me that if I liked, I could switch to either the Epix or the HTC Fuse. Granted, it's no iPhone 3GS, but it's not another bold. So extremely positive customer service, which will keep me in AT- with AT&T for at least... Uh, a while until LTE launches in force. Here's my question. Now that I'm about to receive a new phone, what are some of the killer apps for Windows Mobile 6.1 and for the Fuse? I'm a big podcast listener and need a good pod catcher. I will also need a good Twitter client and a good location-based service application to replace Point for the BlackBerry. Any thoughts or suggestions? Love the shows. Garrett in Denver at BearGT on Twitter. Well, Garrett, uh, a couple of different things to to uh, talk to you about. I'm I'm really glad you had a great experience with AT and T because I, I I don't want anyone to feel like we 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 negatively bash them because they're not good with customer service or anything because they definitely are. I've always had you know a good experience with them. It's it's more on the service side, but uh, you know that's just me. 
Uh, anyway, so what I would say is, uh, you know, good for them for taking care of you. And let's talk about some applications here. First off, for a podcatcher, there's a lot of them out there. In fact, we talked about them a, a couple of shows back. If you'll go back and check out some of the questions and comments from, um, I think it was show 155 or 156, we talked about a number of different podcatching applications for Windows Mobile. And uh, one of the ones that I would recommend you take a look at is Konoma. Konoma is a great, uh, a great application, and they do a good job with podcatching. So check that one out. As far as a Twitter client, there's a number of them out there. Uh, the ones that seem to be really popular right now are Pocket Twit. Uh, that's a, a pretty popular one. Also, Twing, Twinkini, I think is what it's called, or Twitkini. Uh, but Pocket Twit is, is the primary one that I, I've heard and uh, have used actually in the past as well. And then for location-based services, uh, the easy one to use is Google Maps. You can go to Google Maps and do a search, and it'll pull up information for you uh, around your location. But also even better than Google Maps is Windows Live Search. Uh, They've done a great job with that for uh, being able to do searches for your area based on the location where you're at with the GPS. So check those out, and hopefully that'll give you a a good starting point uh, for the software on there. Uh, I've had a lot of fun with software on Windows Mobile devices in the past, and uh, you're going to have a lot of fun too. I'll also recommend that if you are not listening right now, check us out over at msmobiles.com. It's a podcast that I do every week uh, with Edward and Chris and Allie, and uh, check that one out if you're interested in learning more about Windows Mobile devices. Next one here is a voicemail from Mel. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Joey. This is Mel from uh, St. Louis. Love your podcasts. Uh, Always a good balance of stuff. So a thought occurred to me, and maybe somebody else can make use of this, but I'm a a Sprint customer, and actually I've got a – I'm thinking about getting a free, but that's not really the question. I don't travel overseas much, but I might be in the next uh, few months. And uh, certainly I could just get a prepaid card, but it would certainly be better to have a cell phone. But I really don't want to spend money on a GSM phone a lot that I would not use in America. And then I noticed that there were in Target some GSM cell phones. I think one of them was on track phone that were like some ridiculously low amount, like not contract. The question is, I get one of those without a contract, and even buy, you know, a small card in America just to activate the phone, and then potentially use that phone overseas by simply getting a SIM card when I arrive in wherever I'm going. And I, I realize the part of the deal is the business with, um, is it the right frequency for wherever I'm going to go? But that little story about the lady from England maybe mother well these would not be clock band phones, but could these things be crippled so you couldn't do what I'm thinking of. In any event, a random thought, uh, I'm sure there might be somebody else that could use that information besides me. And uh waiting to hear your impressions on the pre. All right, Mel. Thanks for your voicemail. Uh, first off, uh, broke up a little bit in there, so it's a, it was a little hard to understand. But I think we in, in the middle there, you're talking about how much it was costing, or how much it would cost to buy one of these prepaid phones. And just to clarify, I think you said it was like nine or ten bucks. It was it was a relatively cheap amount. It must be an AT and T, right, Mickey? Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, bad, bad, bad. Anyway, uh, so the question that you had, if you buy a car, a phone with a card, can you just take the SIM out and put it by another SIM from someone when you get to the location that you're going to? 
Uh, maybe <laughs> the answer is really is maybe there's, there's two different factors. Uh, number one, the frequencies, you got to make sure that you've got the, uh, the 900 and 1800 megahertz frequencies in that phone. So if you're looking at a, a, pre, a particular prepaid phone, whether it's track phone or the AT&T, uh, prepaid service that you've got, check out the phone, do a quick search online or shoot us an email and we can find out for you real quick whether or not it's got those frequencies. A lot of times, those prepaid phones do not. Uh, Those phones are specifically made to be used here in the U.S., and they're not going to really give you the the support that you want while you're traveling internationally. Uh, Also, even if it did have the frequencies, it's probably going to be locked. My guess is that all of those phones are going to really require you to go through a specific service online to get your phone unlocked, which may be uh, easier said than done, and uh, could be two to three times the amount of money for the unlocking that you're paying for the phone. So rather than doing that, I would suggest that you just take a look um, at either eBay or uh, one of the the deal sites that are out there. Just watch and see if you can find a a real good deal on, say, like a Motorola Razr that's unlocked. I saw one the other week, I think, for 50 bucks, and I know it's probably 50 bucks you don't want to spend, but I mean, that's a pretty good backup phone to have if you want. Uh, But eBay, you can find unlocked phones on there. Find a particular phone that you're looking for or something that you're comfortable with. You know, maybe you use Samsungs all the time or you like Nokias. You know, check out, just do a search on eBay for unlocked phones. If you're comfortable with it, Craigslist is a good place to go as well. Uh, if you do go that route, make sure that you're uh, basically able to test out the fact that it is unlocked before you do the transaction, though. Um, but uh, th- th- this could be, you know, it could be some real good uh, uh, ideas for you there uh, to try and find something. Um, so anyway, that that's kind of what I would say about that. Yeah, I would totally agree with that, Mickey. And then the uh, the pre, you know, as you were going through that, it just kind of occurred to me that, that Sprint or Palm did not put in the GSM global roaming support in the pre. And I'm and and I hadn't even thought about that in uh, before this moment, Mickey. And I'm, I'm, I'm now that I think about that, that's really disappointing for their flagship product not being a global capable phone. Mm. I don't know why they would have done that or why they wouldn't have done that otherwise, other than they didn't have the resources or that maybe the time to put in that support. I'm, I'm not really sure what, uh, what the deal is with that because I mean, it could, it could be a physical space issue, I suppose <clears throat> as sure. well in the device. But I mean, comparing it to the other, other flagship phones that we have out on Verizon, uh, like all the Blackberry flagship phones, they all have the, uh, um, GSM, you know, international support and the, uh, obviously the iPhone does as well. Yep. Yep. And uh, just as another side note to this, Mel, we're or I'm going to be traveling here in a couple of weeks, and we'll be going internationally and have, of course, as you'd expect, all sorts of different means of communication here. And uh, I'm we'll we'll talk about them on a, one of the future shows. But I wanted to uh, I want to go through what I'm going to use, and of course, when I come back, we'll talk about how everything worked. And it should be kind of exciting because uh, I've got a number of different things to use and try and test out. And we'll find out what works and what doesn't. So keep in, uh, keep tuned to our future shows because we'll be talking more about those. Uh, and of course, more impressions about the pre. You know, make sure you go back and listen to the Cell Phone Junkie Unlock show that we recorded this week with Matt Miller. That was uh, show number twenty three because we talked all about the pre. So if you're interested in what we think about it, that's the show where we're going to hear about it. All right, comment here from Greg. Uh, He says, wow, that was a great episode with Matt Miller. I agree that the new phone, iPhone, just doesn't seem as compelling this year. The pre in GSM format would be much more tempting of a purchase for me. 
So, Greg, I guess I would say to you with this one is uh, I, I agree, and I think uh, a lot of people do as well, that it, once it goes GSM, it's really going to uh, be popular. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, with the iPhone thing, it's like uh, I agree and disagree at the same time. If you're somebody who really is interested in, in taking pictures or take a lot of pictures with their cell phone camera, that may be worth it to you because there is, it looks like a fairly substantial upgrade in the camera. Okay. I mean, it's maybe not worth a hundred bucks, but if you can do the upgrade for the, the not, for the, the non huge price, um, that may be worth it. Also the faster processor, more memory, maybe that's uh, worth it to you. Just maybe the device be more snappy. And of course the video recording. Well, I mean, those few features, no, they're not overwhelming. Um, in the, uh, you know, with the exception of 32 gigabytes, I mean, that's, a lot of extra space, uh, really, if you you know think about it, uh, for not a heck of a lot more money. Um, and, and yeah, it's 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 kind of it could it may be a big deal for you. It may not be. Yeah, and I'm not really sure how I how I feel about it yet. I I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I did pre-order one. Of course, I went for the 32 gigabyte model. For what reason, I don't know. I have no real reason to have 32 gigs of space on my phone. I I really don't think I'm going to use it, but. That's beside the point because it's already a pre-order. But what I would say is I, I really, the camera was a big thing for me and I, I'm really a, a big camera guy and I've been constantly disappointed. But the only phone I haven't been disappointed with in recent memory is the Diamond and that had a just a 3.1 or 3.2 megapixel camera on it and it worked really well. And I'm really hoping that because of the autofocus with this new camera, it's going to be the same and I'm going to really have a good experience with it. So... We will find out. I will, uh, I will definitely be uh, putting it through its paces here after I pick it up on Friday. Next one is a question from Art. He says, Joey, I am buying my daughter, who's 17 years old, a 755P for talking and texting. Is there any must-need software besides what's on their stock that I will need? So, Joey, I'll let you take that one. Uh, not for talking and texting. I think you're pretty, uh, pretty much covered because uh, I, I believe the, the uh, SMS app is the same... Uh, on the uh, 755 as the uh, Centros, and it's a it's an extremely good uh, threaded SMS app. And the dialer app, I'd recommend Take Phone uh, for an older style Palm OS device. But uh, with these latest, um, you know, the latest trios and Centro, they they put a pretty good uh, dialer app on there, so you can you know search your contacts fairly easy. So um, f- for that basic uh, for the basic needs, no. Okay, what was the uh, what was the the, the calendar application that you use i use datebook six for the calendar okay um it's it's it, yeah it's it's way over the top compared to the built-in calendar <laughs> client um okay i mean most most you don't have to use the extra features like it's not overwhelming if you're familiar with the palm os uh, calendar it's it looks identical when you first launch it and you can use it as such but if you start digging in you can discover the extra features that it has um but for for the basic uh, use, or for the basic use, I I recommend actually not putting any extra software on there because uh, unlike like the iPhone, for example, these apps can do whatever they want on the phone, including make it unstable, corrupt it, make it cause resets. Um, uh, unlike the you know the Apple software, which is a little more protected. Mm. And that's a good point: is that you don't need to put applications on it; that it really comes out of the box with a really good user experience. And uh, hopefully that will uh, be a good device for, uh, for your daughter. So good luck with that. That's, uh, that's fun. 
Finally here today, a question from Jared. Mickey and Joey, I really uh, enjoyed your recent discussion about batteries, NICAD versus lithium versus polymer. And I have a somewhat related question. My question is, does it make any difference to the life of the battery which brand chargers I use? I have a Trio Pro on Altel with a Plantronics Voyager 815 headset, which I bought based on Joey's recommendation and am very pleased with it. These both use the micro USB, so I only take along the Trio charger with me on trips to charge them both. Does it in any way degrade the battery on the headset not to use the OEM charger? I know the manufacturers used to say that if you used an aftermarket charger, that it would void the warranty. But I would think a quality charger like the one Palm made and came with my trio should work fine on any device. What are your thoughts? I am very pleased to see this trend with the standardized charging ports across phone brands and models. Also, if you have a mailing list for when you publish a new Cell Phone Junkie or Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked, please add me to it. Uh, thanks and love the show, Jared. So, Joey, before I know you've got some some comments on this one, I did want to mention uh, that if you are interested, like Jared says about being on a mailing list, every time we publish a, a Cell Phone Junkie podcast, an email goes out to this entire list, letting everybody know that a new podcast is available for download. Um, I can add you onto this, so if you're interested, send me an email, questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. I'll put you on the list. This list is uh, only used for sending out emails. It would never do anything else to solicit you or whatever, just simply to let you know that an email or that a new show has been posted. So Jared, I will absolutely take care of that for you. And for anybody else, email me to let me know. Yeah, so about the charging, Mickey, uh, I think that it, it, it is very possible it could uh, potentially damage the device uh, by affecting the battery life. Um, one thing you got to watch out for, I went and looked up at my uh, Plantronics 815 charging. It outputs 180 milliamps of charging power. And the, you know, that which is the kind of the how much current it gets. It's basically how fast the battery will charge. Um, whereas your, your um, other charger for your regular cell phone probably outputs more on the long, along the lines of 500 to 1,000 milliamps. So a good percentage more power it can provide to charge faster because it's a much bigger battery in your cell phone versus the little teeny battery that's in the, the headset. The thing with having the extra current, the, the headset, it's, it's very possible that the headset can control the, the, the charging current, but it may not. Uh, it may not have that protection built in, which means it'll charge at a much faster rate than it was ever designed to, and it could potentially overheat the device. Um, I mean, technically, it could catch it on fire, but that's probably not that likely with that much power. But it may degrade the life of the battery due to heating up issues being charged too fast. I, I, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just kind of guessing. But I would kind of tend to lean on the safer side of things and charge it with the lower milliamp charger. Now, that being said, you can use the lower milliamp charger for your cell phone. You'll just notice that it'll take, you know, six, seven times longer to, to you know, give you a full <laughs> charge um, than, uh, than it would. But there, there's no issue on, on having uh, less milliamps going to a device that can take it. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's something to uh, keep in mind. Do you have any idea what the output is on a USB port? Because I know a lot of these devices now are coming with data cables that will ch in turn charge the phone, which I think is a you know an interesting way to charge it. And I do it occasionally, but it obviously seems to take a lot longer than when plugging a device into a wall. 
Well, it, it's, it, it varies, actually, Mickey. It depends on what kind of bus you are on and if you're on uh, hubs it, uh, and what other devices you have uh, running on that hub as well because once you plug more and more devices in, you actually lose um, you, you know, the, the power is divided up between the other devices that are on there. And if you're on powered versus non-powered hubs, you get more, uh, more power or not. Generally, I think they provide around, um, around 500 milliamps up to 1 milliamp, uh, 1 amp, so 1,000 milliamps, sorry, uh, in that power range, depending on, depending on your computer, depending on your system, depending on your hubs. And it's really, and it seems to vary for, you know, <clears throat> every device. I've got a, two different Blackberries here. I've got a Pearl and I've got a Curve. Now, you'd think these devices would be extremely similar in, in things like charging, where, in fact, the Pearl will not charge from the USB port. When I plug it into the USB, it will not charge from my Mac. But when I plug the Curve in, it's got no problem charging. I do it all the time. Well, the the issue I've come across with that, Mickey, is that the um, if the computer doesn't have the drivers for the phone, I know this happens in a lot of Windows mobile devices, they will not charge unless they have the, the appropriate driver on the computer That's true. to communicate with the phone directly. And, and the reason for that, Mickey, is for that power. Because if you have a driver for the phone, the driver will tell the USB port how much current to provide. So you don't overcharge the device. Ah, very interesting, and and that uh, you know that's another thing too, Jared. If you're you know bummed because you can't use your Trio charger to charge your headset, maybe you grab your the cable that came with the headset itself. Because I'm guessing um, you may have well, maybe not. I don't know. Well, you've got you should have some sort of micro USB charger uh, data cable because it obviously came with the Trio. So you could just use that, plug it into the computer, and charge up the headset that way. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but that's how I charge all mine is plugging them into. Uh, I've got a USB hub and just plug, you know, plug it into there, and it seems to work just fine, no problems there. So, at least that not that I know of. Maybe I'll find out in a year that all my batteries are burned out, and I shouldn't have been doing that. But whatever, it seems to be fine right now. So, anyway, hopefully that answers your question, and uh, thanks for sending it in. It gave us a, a, a very interesting topic there to uh, to discuss. And if you have any questions, of course, give us a call to 206-203-3734. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show or shoot us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. And we will, of course, read it on the show and answer it or read any comments that you may have. So thanks again to everybody for writing in this week. Thanks again for those who uh, donated money this week. It was very nice to see the response from the comments that we left on the last show. If you're interested in that, you can do so at thecellphonejunkie.com. We appreciate your help and support for making it, helping us do this show every week. And Joey, until next time, thank you very much for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com. <laughs>